Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, what Jesus was wanting us to understand, it's not about a religion. This is not about you converting to Christianity. That's not the point. The point is, he's alive, you can know him, and he wants you to know him. And knowing him, that's the way. Contrary to what the world declares, not all roads lead to God. In today's message from Pastor Robert, he shares with you the truth that Jesus said that he is the only way to God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can enter the kingdom of heaven except through him alone. Have you received Jesus as your savior? Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. In other words, they have the scriptures, they have the Bible. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rise from the dead. Guys, if there is no resurrection, if there is no afterlife, then this story is absolutely perverse in its deceptive cruelty. The beggar's suffering becomes a tragically meaningless example of the twisted mind of a sadistic creator. The poor, sick beggar lives his whole life destitute, suffering, and then he dies with no hope. But you see, as I've already said, the evidence confirms that Jesus Christ did rise again, and he's alive right now. In John 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus himself assured us, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, what Jesus was 
wanting us to understand. It's not about a religion. This is not about you converting to Christianity. That's not the point. The point is, he's alive, you can know him, and he wants you to know him. And knowing him, that's the way. Knowing him, that's the life. Knowing him, man, he promises to teach us, to change us, to lead us, to like him personally. I never understood that. I thought it was, as I was a kid growing up in church, I, I thought this was all religious talk. I thought it was just, that's just, you know, the preachers, it's all a figure of speech. No, it's not. It's not. It's literally true. So that's what Jesus said. But then there's a testimony of this ultra-Orthodox rabbi, Saul of Tarsus, who later became known as Paul, the apostle. He wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8, I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Now, now what, he, what he means by that, according to the Scriptures, what he means is in fulfillment of the Hebrew Scriptures, in fulfillment of the Jewish Scriptures. The Messiah... That the prophets predicted would suffer and even die. Isaiah wrote about it. And he goes on, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Uh, see, again, what he's talking about is he, he did this fulfilling the prophecies in the Jewish scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, which is just a, it's another name for Peter. He was seen by Cephas, then by the 12. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present. But some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. See, the apostle Paul, as he's writing this letter to the, the, those, some of those first Christians in the city of Corinth, he says, guys, we saw him. We saw him. After they killed him, we know he rose from the dead. 500 at one time, more than 500 at one time. And he says, the greater part, the majority of them are still around. You can ask them if you don't believe me. Now, he continued his testimony in 1 Corinthians 15, in verse 20, saying, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive, but each one in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, afterward those who are Christ's at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule on all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Now finally, Romans. Again, the Apostle Paul testifying in Romans chapter 8, verse 16. He says, the Spirit, talking about the Spirit of God, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. 
Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Now, now listen, sometimes that can be, the wording can get confusing, but what he's talking about is everything you see. You know, do you know that hurricanes were not God's idea? God did not dream up viruses and things like that. It's part of the corruption. When the very first man chose to rebel, right in the very beginning, he did something that was disobedient, something that was in conflict of God's perfect will. It was in conflict with God's perfect plan. Why did God let that happen? Well, because he wanted you to have the ability to love him. And if you can't choose to love him, if you, I mean, if you, can't, if you can't choose to disobey him, if you can't choose freely to say no, if you can't choose freely to rebel, then you can't actually choose freely to love him either. And he wanted you to have that ability. He wanted, he wanted you to be able to love and receive love. And so he gave humanity the ability to do stupid stuff. And we've gotten really, really good at it over the millennia. And so the whole creation was subjected to futility, to this corruption, the bondage to corruption, the bondage to imperfection, in other words. But one day, one day, even the creation, even this created order, even this created world is gonna be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And he goes on in verse 23, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. You see, my soul, my, the real me who lives inside this loner vehicle that I wander around planet Earth in, well, it's, my soul has been redeemed from sin and death. But not my body, not yet. My body's deteriorating. It's like more and more and more every day. The redemption of my body is still something I anticipate. It's future. It is yet future. So, so if, I, if I can restate this quote from C.S. Lewis, if the resurrection of Jesus Christ is false, then it's not relevant at all. But if it's true, then there's nothing more relevant in these crazy times. We're so glad you tuned in today for Pastor Robert's message in the book of Matthew. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or learn more about Main Thing Radio, visit our website at mainthingradio.com. Before our time with you is through for the day, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us here at Main Thing Radio. Would you commit to praying for us each time you tune in? As we continue to produce programs to spread the good news of the gospel, we know the enemy won't be happy. We'd appreciate your prayers for protection and guidance in all we do. Would you also pray for your fellow listeners too, that each one would allow Jesus to speak truth into their heart? We have one more way you can support us in what we're doing here at Main Thing Radio, and David's here with the details. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, a place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. 
Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is. We need your support to continue to share God's Word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. For more information, visit MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks, David, and thank you for joining us today to study Matthew. Join us next time for more right here on Main Thing Radio.